Hello and welcome to another edition of the usually serviceable, hopelessly miscast pod from our friends, hopefully yours, at GCT. It's Paul and Brian. Hello. Again. So uh, we tried to rope Carson in on this one. He'll be on the next one because he's about to go back to school. Um, if Gabby's here, we should get her opinion too on college since she's about to go for the well, first she, time. Well, she doesn't have it. She doesn't know yet. So, Well, that's okay. We'll see what her uh, fears and anxieties are. Yeah, tomorrow's her last day with us. So. Yeah. I asked her when she was leaving. She said Wednesday and said, you nervous, uh, excited? She's like, a little both. So I, her mom is probably much more an- anxious about it than she is. Oh, you got to know Julie's <laughs> climbing Love up you, walls. Julie. Yep. Yeah. But we know you're going crazy right now, so. She's losing her little girl. So Chip's here with us today, though, aren't you, Chip? What's he doing? Okay, good. Not his usual pterodactyl no. activities. No, no, no pterodactyl contact. I, I see it laying peacefully, playing dead by the copier. So, mm-hmm. so uh, yeah. So this is being recorded on t- Thursday. I was going to say Tuesday, Thursday, August eleventh. We'll probably post this, I'm guessing, next week. So, probably, um, yeah. Our final weekend of puffs will have completed. So, we had pushed that off a week. Um, we just published a pod today from when we recorded last week. Pod, uh, puffs uh, ran, if you're listening to this, it ran over this weekend we just finished uh, because we pushed the second weekend back due to COVID um, concerns. A new reality in theater, <laughs> I think. Yep. So. So it's going to happen all over the place, and not just with theater, but that's definitely a big, uh, big one of them. Yeah, you've got so, two two choices: find a replacement on short notice, or cancel shows or postpone them. So yeah, which we did all of that. So we didn't cancel, but we postponed, and we found in one case a replacement. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, now that we're uh, past puffs, when you're hearing this, our next show will be the fabulous Smoke on the Mountain, mm-hmm. uh, which opens on September 9th. Uh, that's the second Friday of September, for those of you keeping score. Um, and it'll run for our usual three weekends, again, barring any unforeseen COVID delays or otherwise. Knock on wood. Yep. So come out and see it. Uh, it should be a great show. Uh, we will actually have a almost entire family in the show and helping run the show. Uh, yeah, it's a show about family played by a family. Yep. Run by a family. It's all about <laughs> exactly. family. Without being family feud. It's like Fast and Furious, but no cars and no Vin Diesel. Yeah, no Nas. Yeah. I don't think. Yeah, yeah. So at least not when I've seen it. Family. So, yeah, come out and see that. Following that, uh, we'll be doing, I forgot what Q is on the schedule. It's Quark's um, What Happens to Hope at the End of the Day. So Okay. Yeah, Quark is coming back out and uh, using our lovely stage here at GCT and producing a show that has never been seen in this area, starring our very own Marcus Brown. So we're very excited to have that uh, in October. And then we have a super quick turnaround and uh, put up the inspector calls on October 21st. Yep. So. And that'll run for The Quark Show will run two weekends, Thursday through Sunday. And then Inspector Calls will be running three weekends like normal um, from October 21st and then close on November 6th. So, and then we get into uh, the funny season. Oh, Christmas is going to be busy. Ooh. Yeah. And uh, 
Yeah, just wait for more news about December because lots of fun and games there. But before we get to that, we're going to have, you know, the spooky Rocktober pods. Oh, yeah. Where we do horror movie reviews and stuff like that. So Yeah, I, miss that. I missed that last year since your stupid behind was in Kansas City. Um, but, yeah, I'm excited to kind of rekindle that. You were going to curse. Yeah. So, yes, we'll get back to that after a year away. But... Uh, do not fret. We will have plenty of Halloweeny fun, and we'll definitely get Christina on for those because at least some of them because she has to contribute. She loves Halloween as well. So yeah, she just doesn't like us anymore. It's yeah. fine. So we love you. She doesn't love us. So um, first feature today, Brian's got another. Ask somebody, some jerk off who's uh, around here. Ask Paul for theater advice. Okay, Cue that the guy. Paul yeah. theme. It's in the folder. So. Music. Bring it. I've got my drink. I'm ready. Chip. Dear Paul, okay. I am currently in a rehearsal process. Okay. I have been called to rehearsal the last three days, but I have not actually been used. Ooh. What should I say? And who should I say it to? Or should I just be quiet and be thankful to be in a play? <laughs> Sincerely, I'm bored. I was going to say uh, Ryan Beverson. Is that the name? <laughs> yeah. The, I know this is a hot-button issue with somebody else on the spot uh, as far as respecting time, whether he is an actor or he's directing the show or otherwise. So, uh, yeah, it's... That's, I won't say that's a tough one. That's something that is common, I think, more common than it should be. And I will say from personal experience, the very first show or two that I did, I ran into that uh, dilemma and I sort of was new to the whole thing and grateful to be in the show and happy. And I was totally fine sitting there, especially since, for a little context, the first show I ever did uh, was A Christmas Story, the musical. And my son Carson was in it with me. He played Ralphie. I was the dad. Um, and I was more than happy to sit there and watch him rehearse and not get any time myself over two, three hours. Um, mainly because I was there with him. Had I not been there with him, it would have been a little different, but I probably still would have been, hey, this is great. I sit here and watch people sing and whatever. And that's when I use time to read my script. As I've gone through the process more and more over the, over the last, that was six and a half years ago. Um, yeah, definitely have taken more of a jaded, I've done this a few times type mentality. So my advice would be this. Uh, you do, I think you are within your rights to bring it up. Um, I think I would say, like I would say to anyone in a job situation, you it's fine for you to bring it up as long as you do it, A, as long as you do it professionally, not personally. Don't get all pissy about it. Bring it up in a diplomatic manner. But B, even more important, be if you're going to bring it up, be prepared for any reaction that you might get, including being booted from the show. Um, and we're not talking about like a Broadway show because I think if you brought it up in a Broadway show, most directors would probably say, fine, I'll give you all the time in the world. Get the hell out. Um, well, and there, there's a difference. You would be paid. Right. 
for Broadway true. too. When you're a volunteer receiving no pay, I think it's a vast difference. Yes, and I think uh, what Board is saying is that he is a a participant in a community theater show in which there isn't pay. So in that case, my advice would be the first person I would bring it up with is the stage manager. Um, that may not be the correct way for everyone to do it, but that's the first person I would bring it up with, and I would bring it up as a question the first or second time it happened. If you're not comfortable bringing it up the first night and you say, okay, maybe it's a fluke, definitely by the second time it happens, even if it's not a zero time spent, but you're there for three, four hours and you get five, ten minutes, which we've all had that. Mm-hmm. Um, and asking the question to say maybe something along the lines of, wouldn't it make more sense for us to have staged call times uh, to say, okay, you know, and I understand it doesn't 100% work like that. With every show, you don't know what you're going to get into, but can't it be where I only show up from 8 to 8.30 instead of 6 to 10 because you know you only need me for 30 minutes max? Uh, and if that doesn't get the point across, then I would take it to the director the next time it happened and simply say, again, as diplomatically but firmly as possible, look, you know, I didn't sign up so I could come spend my entire night sitting here watching. I have no problem being a part of this process. I want to be a part of this process. Um, but I think it's it's important, not just for myself, but anyone else involved with this, that we are respectful of time because we're all, most of us, if not all of us, are coming from day jobs or we might even be going to night jobs. We have, a lot of us have families at home. We have other commitments that we'd like to take care of. So if you want me here for three, four hours, fine. Utilize my time, please, because, you know, if I were getting paid for this, I wouldn't stand for it. And the director... There's probably directors in the town who would boot you for bringing it up like that. Probably. Um, and if that's the case, I'd say, fine, boot me. Blackball me to whoever you know. I don't care. Because it's not like I complained because my, I didn't have enough lines. Or you didn't, you know, you didn't do this scene the way I would do it. You know, that's just creative differences or just being, you could be downright petty. But to me, it's not, it's not petty to respect someone's time or not. It is very disrespectful to not be mindful of their time. So it's a discussion that Brian and I have had many times where he as a director is especially sensitive to honoring people's time commitments and saying, you made a sacrifice to be here and be a part of this process. Yes, you want to creatively be a part of it, but there's a give and take there. And if a director... Uh, or whoever is involved, music direction. This could be a music director question or a choreographer question too, um, or all three. It, it's important for you to bring it up again and say, you know, this is this is what I think you choose to do with that information that you want, but if this is going to continue, I may leave. I may say this is not worth it to me because I'm not here so I can, you know, have... I'm going to make up a number. If it's an eight-week rehearsal process, you might average, you know, five days a week of some kind of rehearsal. I didn't do this for 40 straight days where I work. I'm rehearsing and working, an, you know, a total of like two out of 40 days worth. Yeah. Um, that's kind of an extreme example, but if they want to boot me, 
fine, go ahead and boot me because I don't want to be part of another show with that person again if that's the way they treat everybody else because they're telling me, they're communicating to me directly or otherwise, my time and my thought is a lot more important than yours. So I don't want to, be, I don't want to work with them. If you're paying me, that's very, that's to your point, that's very different. Yeah, very, very um, different. So, yeah, that's, that's my advice. Uh, the, my other piece of advice is the people I would not complain about that to other than to make a couple of comments here and there, and it'd have to be somebody I know really well that I trust, which is not a lot of people that I trust that level in the theater community, frankly. I would not bitch to them only about it. Because you mean your castmates? Yes. Yeah. The walls have ears and people talk. So board, I would advise you if you want to get something done for one, for two for two re, two things. Number one is don't complain to everybody except the person who can change it, which would be a director or a stage manager. Uh, secondly, is realize that everything you say. It, it, once you have sent it out there in the world, just like an email, it's gone. You've now lost control over the message. So if you don't want the director to hear it, especially secondhand, you better not say it. Well, thanks, Paul. I think that's great advice. Long-winded as usual, but hopefully it's good advice. So any other questions? No, just one. Okay, awesome. We'll have an Ask Paul um just one question for Paul. Okay. And his vast theater advice for you. Yeah, right. So. <laughs> As I've done probably one, one tenth of the shows Brian has. So at least one ninth. So, um, How many shows have you done anything? I think I had a count. With Bright Star, I think that was my 18th show. Mm. Yeah, 17th you're or 18th. Quick. That's a lot in six years. I had two years where I did five shows. Oof. Way too many. Yeah, I swore after after 2018, I said I would never do more than two, two or three in a year. Yeah, I think I've only done five. Uh, I mean, maybe not five. Uh, about between 15, 16. So, so I've done about a quarter of what you've done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I've done enough to have an informed opinion. But yeah, I mean, it's it's always like. So, like, friend of the podcast, Kever, I would bet he's done oh, yeah. 100 or more. Absolutely. Associated with all the way back to high school and college. Mm-hmm. So uh, he might have a totally different opinion, or he'd say, you know, oh, hell yeah. I'd go in there and say, listen, you know what? This is my time. You're not going to waste it. Yeah, I don't think Kever would be as diplomatic about it as <laughs> as you have right brought up. So. I would agree with that. And Chip's telling me he would not either. Um, give me that. So <laughs> Chip's mad at me. So oh. moving on from that, since Chip's mad, Chip, it's time for uh, Frank Frank Washington's quote unquote. Give him the results. We're going to give him the results. That's right. So this is uh, another semi bracketology for you, Brian. Okay. And uh, we'll get Carson's take on some of these when we recorded him at the next pod. So um, two of these. The first one is these are movies that uh, author George Wales on GamesRadar.com 
listed high on the unintentional comedy scale. So I'll say some caveats. Samurai Cop is not included since mm. it would wipe out the competition. So oh, okay. Frank said, no, can't do that. Uh, when Carson is a part of this, I'll tell him that Star Wars Episode Three was in here. I took it out out of respect for him because he's the only person I know who likes that movie. Okay. I'm not saying it's the worst movie I've ever seen, but it is high on the unintentional comedy. Mm -hmm. I would say episode two is as well, but it wasn't in the list. I'll give you the first movie as a teaser to the kind of thing you're in for. So generally, uh, what's his name that I just said? George gives a, a a movie title, and then he says like two sentences on the hilarious movie and the funniest moment. So the first movie is a teaser that will not be in Bracketology. It's from 1987, Masters of the Universe. This is based on He-Man. Yeah, I'm, I'm familiar with that movie. So Dolph Lundgren takes on chiseled sword swinger He-Man in this comically inept adaptation of the well-loved character. Everything from Dolph's accent to the bizarre proliferation of laser guns is hilarious. <laughs> as is Frank Langella's Power Rangers-esque appearance as Skeletor. I'd forgotten he was in that movie. Yeah. Funniest wow. moment, Skeletor's head pops out of the lava pit at the film's close in time to growl, I'll be back, into nice. the camera. We're still waiting, George says. So that's a, what you're in for. Okay. So here's your first two, and you have to pick the one that you'd rather watch. Okay. Some of these you may have seen. Okay. I know I've seen like three or four of them. First one is from 1972. It's called Frogs. Uh, The movie. The 70s and 80s were full of nature fights back tosh like this ropey horror film in which these eternally wronged amphibians, the frogs, finally get some revenge on old mean old mankind. Rubbish then, but amusing nonetheless. Funniest moment. When the tagline is a beauty like this, you know you're in for a treat. Quote, a tidal wave of slithering, slimy horror devouring and destroying all in its path, unquote. So that's the first one. The second one I know you've heard of. I don't know if you ever suffered through this. The Postman. Kevin Costner. Yeah, I was going to say, Kevin Costner. 1997. Kevin Costner's post-apocalyptic slog would be mind-numbingly dull if it weren't for its horribly schmaltzy script, which livens things up considerably, It's a wonder Kev managed to maintain his straight face throughout this one. Here's the funniest moment. Quote, a godsend, unquote, gushes one grateful customer to Kev's mailman. A savior. No, he replies humbly. I'm just the postman. Oh, okay, yeah. So which one would you rather spend however long watching? Uh, So if I remember right about the postman, it's like interminably long. Yeah, it's, I think it's like three hours. Yeah, so based on that fact alone, I can't imagine Frogs is more than like 80 minutes. Uh, and plus it sounds like a prequel to one of my favorite movies of all time, Hell Comes to Frogtown. Yeah. I'm going to have to go with Frogs. I did think of you with that one. Yeah, so. yeah. Matter of fact, next... just, just me picturing that as the prequel to Hell Comes to Frogtown, that's going to be a tough one to beat. <laughs> I'm just saying. Well, I will say I, the, the second one of these two, I definitely thought of you, so... The first, these are both from the 80s. Mm-hmm. The first one is called The Intruder. The hilarious movie, a balls-to-the-wall action thriller starring a take-no-shit mercenary named, wait for it, Rambo. That's right, Rambo. 
A man who bears absolutely no re- resemblance whatsoever to Rambo. Honest. Okay. Funniest moment. I'll kill you, breathes Rambo quietly. He repeats, agitated, I'll kill you. And then he howls, I'll kill you! Losing the plot entirely. So here's the second one from 87 called Rock and Roll Nightmare. Hair metal rockers take on demons from the bowels of hell. Do I need to keep going? No, it's going to be that one. <laughs> it's going to be that one. Just you can quit. It's cool. You, know, uh, <laughs> you said like hair this. metal. You, you know, need to look this up on Tubi or something. The funniest moment. The final battle truly is a sight to behold. What is it called again? Rock and Roll Nightmare. Is it on Tubi? I don't know. But Rock? you'll find it, I bet. Okay. Yeah, the yeah. final battle is a sight to behold as lead rocker Dr- John Triton strips down to his kecks and kicks some ass in the campiest fashion imaginable. I, I knew that was going to be a wipeout. Yeah, that's it's so hard. That, you picked a couple <laughs> stunning ones already, honestly. Yeah. Oh, this is this is our friend. You know, I forgot his name again. Um, I've seen the second one of these next two. So, are are you still taking in Rock and Roll Nightmare? Or are you ready to go? <laughs> uh, just so you know, there is a sequel to it. Oh my gosh! It's called Intercessor. Are you gonna watch both? Another Rock and Roll Nightmare. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I I, know, I I love giving you these movies because I know you'll watch yeah. them. Yeah, uh, this one doesn't look like it's streaming free anywhere. Um, you would have to. We might have to rent it. Yeah, you can rent it on Amazon, but yeah, it's not streaming anywhere. That might be a good uh, October movie. Maybe, maybe. So the first one of the next two. Wait, from, wait, did you say this? Uh-huh. Satan has a farmhouse showdown with righteous lead singer. <laughs> Apparently, that's the final scene. Oh, okay. You have to watch the it. The budget was fifty-two thousand. That's <laughs> another fun fact. <laughs> was directed by the same guy, Sam Rykoff. Director was John Fasano. Okay, don't know him. Yeah. Are you Fujiyama? So the first one is called The Incredible Melting Man. A baffling tale of a spaceman who got too close to the sun and has now returned to Earth to melt and kill a few people as he does so. Dreadful premise, but as a recipe for point and laugh fun, it doesn't disappoint. Uh... Funniest moment, one poor woman is so terrified of Mr. Melty that she runs clean through a glass door in order to escape him. Lovely stuff. The next one is Enter the Ninja. I have watched this one. A smorgasbord of culture-class chop sake action as a ninja-trained army vet heads to the Philippines to help an old war buddy fend off an evil corporate baddie who wants to force him off his land. Hair-raising excitement? It ain't. Funniest moment, a white-suited patsy takes a throwing star in the chest, dispatched with a comedy whistle sound effect, roaring with agony as he takes a slow-motion slump forwards. This may compete with, like, Tiny Feet for best death ever. So I was afraid of this, and it looks like I was right. I'm going to have to go with the first one for the sole reason that they made the ninja a white guy. (laughs) You don't want to be insensitive? No, I mean, come on, that's... uh... Definitely a uh, should be should have been played by someone of Asian descent. Cause I think there's like Revenge of the Ninja three or something yeah, like that I mean, that I saw also, and it's it's a white female that takes the lead. They couldn't even like appropriately cast that one. Yeah, you remember that movie that they did like the Great Wall or something? It's set in China, but yet Matt Damon's yes. in it for some unknown reason as yep. the savior of the Chinese people. 
yeah, this it, this feels very similar to that. Like the Last Samurai with Tom Cruise. Yeah, that's another yeah. one that's just like oh, as Paul Mooney said on Chappelle's show. First, they have the Mexican with Brad Pitt, which is actually about a gun called the Mexican. And then the Last Samurai starring Tom Cruise. He's the Last Samurai. <laughs> so, here's your next two. Uh, Vampire's Kiss from 1988, which I've seen this one. Okay. Given the Vampire's Kiss is a horror comedy, you might think the laughs are largely intentional. However, the biggest chortles must be reserved for Nick Cage's portrayal of a man losing his mind. Oh, which is so Cage. overblown, it makes Bad Lieutenant look like the picture of moderation. Oh, well, that's where they take the meme from. The big, the crazy. Yes, with the, the point. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Then uh, it's up against Shark Attack 3, Megalodon. No, no. Nick Cage. Okay. Nick Cage is going to win that. Yep. You don't have to go any further. I, later off air, please remind me to read you the funniest moment from Shark Attack 3, though. Oh, well, you can go ahead and read it. No, I can't. Oh, you can't read it? No, no I can't. Okay. <laughs> Not on air. It's a family show. Yes, okay. it's not that kind of show. Fair enough. Okay. Um, the movie was, but we're not. So here's your last two for today. The Swarm from 1978, starring Michael Caine, oh, okay. takes on a swarm of killer bees that are terrorizing New Orleans. He's playing an upper-class English gent rather than a lovable Cockney sparrow. The latter would probably have been funnier, but you can't have everything, it says. Uh, Caine says earnestly, funniest moment. We have been invaded by an enemy far more lethal than any human force. Try to keep that face straight, Mike. Followed by Deathstalker from 1983. I saw this as a kid. Uh, Sub Dungeons and Dragons dross about a barbarian named Deathstalker tasked with uniting the three powers of creation, a chalice, an amulet, and a sword. Cue plenty of glistening pecs, scantily clad maidens, and some extremely chucklesome fight scenes. Mm. Funniest moment, Deathstalker grapples with a pig-faced warrior, howling like a little girl as his opponent grips him in a bear hug. This is a tough one, for um, me at least. So, The Swarm, I legit remember having accidentally stumbled across this when I was young. <laughs> Of course you did. And I was terrified of bees after that movie. It, it scarred me. Probably, I still hate bees and wasps. Don't watch season four of Westworld then. Well, I haven't. So. Um, yeah. Um, so you? if I had to watch something, I don't want to watch the bee one because it would freak me out. So I'm going to go with Deathstalker. Okay. That's what I would do too because I'm a sucker for bad 80s movies. So... Which I'm still shocked the Samurai Cop came out in 91. Uh, I mean, it, it's uh, it's so 80s movie, but whatever. So that's your that's your first 10 of that. There's plenty more to go around. Deathstalker? You can yes. watch for free on Tubi. Nice. So I know what, you're I know what I'm doing tonight. tonight. Yes. Oh, you can watch it free on Amazon, too. <laughs> of course you can. So here's your next feature. This is uh, from the Room at the Back collection. Oh, just so you know, Deathstalker was technically a... Uh, Success, really? Off How of uh, a budget of four hundred fifty-seven thousand, the box office was eleven point nine million. Really? So yeah, twenty times the uh, budget. That's what it was bored we were in the eighties. Yeah. September of uh, eighty-three must have been a very, very boring, slow time. Yes. So here's your here's your next feature, which we're going back to the best of the worst country slash 
kind of gospel songs. Oh, okay. Titles. So I'll give you a pair of these, and you pick the song you'd rather hear. Okay. Or you think is better. Okay. First two. If my nose were full of nickels, I'd blow it all on you. Okay. And here's the next one. If you don't leave me alone, I'll go and find someone else who will. Um, I want to hear it's the nickel cryptic. song. Yeah, I do too. I mean, the other one's just meh. It's almost like a weird owl title. Yeah. She's barking at some phantom person. So here's your next one. Next two. If you leave me, can I come too? Okay. And followed by, and this has parentheses at the end, Mama get the hammer, parentheses, there's a fly on Papa's head. Oh, I like that. That's quite clever. <laughs> it's, I agree. So uh, and the next, let's see. Well, there's a current song. I don't remember who sings it, but it's called uh, If You Ever Leave Me, I'm Coming With You, which is kind of the same thing. So yeah, that's the first one. I agree. They definitely stole that. Uh, my Everyday Silver is Plastic. So I guess someone's saying they're TPT. Mm-hmm. My Head Hurts, My Feet Stink, and I Don't Love Jesus. <laughs> yeah, that one. <laughs> that, I mean, that was a ringer. Come on. <laughs> if you'd picked the other one, I would have said, okay. Where's Brian and what have you done with him? So uh, here's a couple of really good ones. My head hurts. My head hurts, my feet stink, and I don't love Jesus. Okay. What's Jimmy Buffett? Oh, okay. Well, then I already don't like it. (laughs) Okay, cool. My John Deere was breaking your field while your dear John was breaking my heart. Sounds sad. Oh, wow. Okay, that's... A clever title to some yeah. extent. But Speaking of clever, here's a good one. Okay. My wife ran off with my best friend, and I sure do miss him. Oh. <laughs> hmm. I think I... Ooh. That's a tough question. I know. The cleverness of the first title versus... I get the second one. Um, I understand that. Um I'm going to go with a John Deere. Just clever wordplay, I guess, alone. Okay. That's that's a tough one, That's I, I think. So this next two, I, I think I know who's going to win this one. The first one is long. Uh, oh, I've got hair oil on my ears, and my glasses are slipping down, but maybe I can see through you. Okay. Followed by, pardon me, I've got someone to kill. <laughs> yeah, the, the first one's needlessly complicated, so let's just go with the second one. Yeah, I like a good revenge song. One I think I I think Samurai Cop wrote the second one. Shoot, shoot him! <laughs> so uh, here's the next two. She got the gold mine and I got the shaft. Oh yeah, I love that song. It's great. Followed by she got the ring and I got the finger. Uh, first one because it's great. Yes. Uh, here's your last two for today. She made toothpicks out of the timber of my heart. Okay. And then, that's the next one. I mean, I, I shudder reading this. She's got freckles on her, but she's pretty. Oh, that's just that's just, mean. That's just body shaming. That's just mean. Yes. I, you know, I kind of have a, a thing for redheads, so uh, I love a nice freckled lady. I think they're quite pretty and fetching. Um, so, yeah, I'm not going to well, do even that. Even if you didn't, it's just straight body shaming. Yeah, that's just not cool. Uh, so, yeah, let's do the first one. 
Okay, I got to read you these other two. So Johnny Paycheck wrote, "Pardon me, I've got someone to kill." That's our so okay. Johnny's second time. Johnny, man, he's all over this yeah. list. So your your last two for today are "Thank God" and "Greyhound." She's gone. Okay. And then this one, I'm like, okay, who really wrote this? They may put me in prison, but they can't stop my face from breaking out. Yeah, let's just go with the first one. Yeah. Second one, I'm having to think too much about. I like the first one much better. So, okay. And that's your uh, room at the back for today. Um, Moving on to Florida Report. Do you have one? Florida. I had one. Where'd it go? Florida, where did you go? Here we go. This is from quite recently, I think. Yeah. The 9th of August, 2022. All right. DeLand, Florida. DeLand. Next to DeGuns. Naked Florida man with machete tried to rob man of clothes. <laughs> Deputies say. <laughs> um, Deputies say a naked man was picking pal- palmetto berries in the woods when he came running out with a machete. He then demanded clothes, wallet, and phone of a surveyor of the area, according to officials. As the surveyor began to hand over his items, the victim told deputies that the man hurled the machete at him and ran away. Deputies say the surveyor was hit by the handle of the machete but was not seriously injured. According to the sheriff's office, the man, still naked, took off on... You just want to pick what kind of a car someone like this would be driving? Uh... I'm going to guess a 1994 no, think, Saturn. Think a new one. A new okay. car. A newer car? Yeah. Uh, how about a Mazda CX-3? Uh, Dodge Challenger. Okay. Yeah. Wow. It's, I mean, that's Well, I mean, it, just like everyone that drives a Dodge Challenger seems to be a, a bad person that yeah. doesn't respect rules. Um, a sheriff's office helicopter spotted him outside a gas station where he was seen approaching several passing vehicles. They took him into custody. Without incident, I hope so. I just yeah, that, I can only imagine watching a naked dude approach you with a handful of palmetto berries and a machete, asking for your clothes. Yeah, what has Chip got? A it's like some kind of na- handkerchief or something. It's a bandana. Okay. Yeah. Well, I was gonna say that whole story sounded like Day 19 of Naked and Afraid, yeah, or something like that. Yeah. So that's my survival item. I charged out of the woods with my machete. So, um, no, that's a good one. So uh, you got any dad jokes today? Do I have dad jokes? Do you even have dad jokes? Of course I have dad jokes. It's a trick question. Yeah, you mean, it's just a question that... Yeah. Cue polka music. Yep. Um, When you die, what's the last part of your body to stop working? Your pupils, they dilate. <laughs> okay, nice. Do you preview any of these with Rachel? No. You should. I know better. <laughs> I know better. Yeah. You, yeah. You use up what little capital you have. Uh, I have no capital. Two antennas says the hand. Yeah. You give up the hand. Two antennas got married. The wedding was okay, but the reception was incredible. <laughs> Chip, what do you think of that one? So I got a vasectomy because I didn't want kids, and then I came home and they were still there. <laughs> I, I like that one. <laughs> yeah, 
that one has lots of topical applications, literally. So here's here's a fun one, and this will be my last of the day. So I know everyone's sad. The walk from my house to the bar is five minutes. From the bar to my house is 35 minutes. The difference is staggering. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's. I can't say I've done that before, right? Never, no. never, never. Yeah. Never did that. No. Down at the pool. No. So. No, those are all good. I like those. So we'll see what Carson thinks of them next time. That's right. So since he will be the only dad not here. Chip, you technically count as a dad. Does he? The pterodactyl have had a happy life. Yeah. Well, you have. He, the pterodactyl is not. He's enjoying um, that bandana. You have any or a headband. You have a rant or a hand? Um, man. Let me think. Um, do you have one offhand? Yeah. Uh, go ahead. Let me think about it for a second. It's like dad jokes. Um, okay, so quick scenario. I, I think most people I know come into this scenario. Uh, you're at work. Someone calls a meeting, and it's for 30 minutes or an hour. Usually you don't have meetings that, go, that last more than an hour for obvious reasons. But a lot of meetings could generally end in shorter than the time allotted. So you have a meeting that's at minute 26, and it's allotted for 60 minutes. And somebody says, there's two, there's two rants buried in here. Number one is somebody says, okay, hey, let's go around the horn. Joe, what do you got? And the person says, well, I don't really have anything except for, no, you just said you don't have anything. So shut the F up, you're done. You just had your chance and you blew it. We're also not coming back around to you no matter how much you plead and scream about it. Be ready or don't say anything at all. But the other part of the rant is, then they might do that or they might do something else, but somebody says, and you hear it, and it's like, okay, so anybody got anything else? Silent for, for a four count. You're just counting to five. But on that four and a half, somebody says, well, you know, I was thinking about this issue. About this. And the meeting now went from 26 minutes to 58 minutes. Oh. And no. Or you just have a host of a meeting who just can't accept that a meeting could end that early. 30-minute meeting slotted, and it takes nine minutes, or a 60-minute meeting, and it takes 34 minutes. Just shut up and end the meeting. You said what you had to say. We talked about that topic. It's not an excuse to get everybody and keep them together. Let us leave and get back to our regular work lives, as Chip tells the pterodactyl. That's right. Let me get back to my regular life here. So... Just be res- that's like being respectful of your time. It's like when you're at a rehearsal. Sure. A perfect yeah. example. Rehearsal scheduled from, we'll say, 7 to 10. It's 8.45. No one else has called. You've rehearsed everything you're gonna, that you said you were going to rehearse that night. And the director just feels the need to keep going. Well, let's do it again since we have the time. Or let's go through this since we have the time. If it's something meaningful, like we were going to do this two days from now and we can knock it out now, great, let's do it. But don't just do it for the sake of saying, well, we stayed here for three hours. I got three hours and you're staying for three hours. No, we're not. Just shut up. 
Let everybody go. Brant deactivated. Nice. Um, I guess Why are you here? Chip? Take that. Oh. God. <laughs> That's another rant. Go ahead. Um, I would just like to rant just briefly about how long this year's election cycle has been. Because it feels, we've had two, two elections so far already. And yet we still have one more to go in November. And it feels like we've been voting for people for the last six months and still have three more months to get through before it's all over. So, um, yeah, I'm just I, clearly, I, I guess they set these up with purpose in mind, but I don't know why we couldn't just, you know, kind of hold more elections all at the same time so that we don't have to keep going back and waiting in line at the polls. I'm into um, that. The, and I will say this past election here took forever because there's so many, I think there's like 30 something pages of things to vote for this past time, which, holy smokes, that's a lot. 30? Yeah, it was, it was crazy. So, um, I'm bad. I didn't vote. Oh, um, no. I'm a, I'm a jerk. So I, I trust you will vote in November. Oh, yes. Definitely in November. But, but uh, yeah, anyways, um, yeah, that's that's my only thing is, like, okay, we cannot consolidate the election Yeah. a little bit so that we don't have these ugly yard signs up for, you know, six months. Well, there's, there's another quick point. I mean, what do yard signs really do these days? I don't know. Does a yard sign ever make you vote yet? You know, change your vote or decide who you're going to vote for? I've never driven by a yard sign and be like, hmm. Well, I wasn't going to, but uh, the yard sign made me say, okay, maybe I will. Um, I think the last thing that I ranted about was the person that texted me that made me absolutely <laughs> vote for the other person because <laughs> they texted me. You better believe, guess what I did? I voted for the other person. Don't text me. Um, Yard signs, you know, hey, that's on your property, but I mean, it's it's akin to um, seeing a, a certain car brand parked in someone's driveway and be like, oh, that person has that type of car. I guess I should get that car too. Right. Uh, I guess maybe some people that might affect, but not me. So maybe it's maybe there are people that go around and count all the yard signs and see who has the most and vote that way, so they're not in the losing camp. I don't know. But, I mean, I uh, racked my brains the other day trying to think of what would a yard sign these days possibly do to your voting. And it's the only thing I could come up with is, okay, if I see that yard sign out enough in my neighborhood, I don't know who I would vote for because I don't – I'm not saying this is me. I'm saying if I was a person like this because I do research candidates before I vote. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and if, if it's a person that, you know, a race that I didn't know anybody in, but, hey, I saw Brian Everson for state senate all over my neighborhood, maybe I'm enough of a sheep to go, oh, well, he must be good because all my neighbors like him. Um, or you could take the opposite approach and say all my neighbors are douches. I'm not voting for Brian Everson. But I would think it's maybe that's the only thing these days. I I get maybe back in the 70s, 80s, 90s even, before the proliferation of the Internet, and people could find this research on their own, but I just don't know what a yard sign does other than say, this is who I'm voting for, and I 
I just always grew up and have gotten to the point in life as well, even still now, where it's like I'm like Benjamin Franklin's point, and I'm probably misquoting, but his point about, no, I'm very much against taking a public a public side on certain things. I, I'm very much against it because once you do, that's what everybody thinks you believe. Yeah. In private, take all the opinions you want. And you could say, well, you know, Paul, you voice your opinion on the spot all the time. There's only eight of you listening. So, and this is my, my safe haven to be able to vent, Frank and Brian and I. That's right. So I just don't know what a yard sign would do these days. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. So anyway, we appreciate you joining us. And uh, we'll be recording another pod probably tomorrow, but it'll probably go up after Carson's back at school and, you know, uh, back at TCU and with a little C in the name. Uh, tiny C and Gabby's off at school and you know Julie's sobbing somewhere that her daughter's at school and you know we're we're all sad and maybe we get Robin or somebody like that you know when she gets over the Rona so get better soon yep so miss you yep thanks to Henry for giving it to her good job Henry so uh, we'll talk to you later bye see ya